0: Hello again, I'm Brandon Dawson, and this is The Distiller, a podcast about how we find meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we do. Today's guest is Corbin Bone. Corbin is a professional soccer player or football player, for those of you in the know. He's a midfielder in his third season with FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati is one of the best stories, frankly, in American sports right now. The team, FC Cincinnati Football Club, Cincinnati, or FCC, started in 2016 and immediately broke all attendance records for the league. The USL, the United Soccer League, is an up-and-coming league. In the past, it's widely been considered to be kind of a feeder league to America's top pro league, which is the MLS. Corbin has been a big part of the Cincinnati team's success, and this season is so far proving to be his best ever as a pro. As you'll hear that's kind of been a long time coming. Corbin and I met at the Red Tree Gallery and Cafe in Cincinnati's Oakley neighborhood. Red Tree is a really welcoming space, excellent coffee, uh, which is important to Corbin. He's a big coffee guy. And on a typical Friday morning, Red Tree is absolutely packed with people. It's full of freelancers, off-site meetings, play dates, and on this Friday... Podcasters. We grabbed one of the big tables in kind of the isolated front nook at uh, Red Tree, and Corbin and I sat down to talk about what happens when your childhood play becomes your profession. Seriously, it's a cliche, but it's a pretty unique situation to be in. What is it like when the thing you've done for all your life becomes your livelihood? Corbin was really open about the arduous process of getting to where he is now. That involved the disappointment of being one of the most hyped players in college only to see that fizzle even as his pro dreams came true. It was a reminder that even people who seem to live kind of a charmed life have gone through some pretty significant challenges. We also talked about the role that sports plays in our culture and what a powerful metaphor it can be for the questions we workaday people face in pursuit of our dreams. Corbin, as you'll hear, is a really thoughtful guy and I can't thank him enough for his candor his honesty. It made for a great discussion that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. So let's get into it. Here it is. Episode 12 of the Distiller Podcast with Corbin Bone. We're going to get into a lot of discussion around what you do, but I want to build a little bit of context, first of all, just for, for who you are. Okay. So give us your brief bio. Where are you from?
1: Okay, uh, yeah, I was born uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, actually, and then moved uh, shortly after that to Plano, Texas, and that's where I grew up. I grew up there uh, playing soccer, sports, uh, basketball, baseball, the whole... All of it. Uh, and, you know, My dad is a huge athlete, and uh, he played football, and the only sport I didn't play was football. Uh, <laughs> and that was because of my mom. Oh, really? Uh, she was like, yeah, you're not playing football. Didn't want you so, with so, head injuries. Yeah, and- which with my size was probably a good idea. Wow. Well, so, um, but yeah, I grew up playing all those sports, and uh, I had a great childhood, super fun. Um, and uh, we traveled to a ton of places for club. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it, and that's kind of when I started to fall in love with soccer. Um, and uh, from that point, just kind of built that, um, I guess, uh, love and and passion and sacrifice for the game. And uh, which eventually
0: kind of led me to to college. Right. Look, when did you, as a as a kid, when did you think you might actually be pretty good so, at this? So yeah.
1: I, it, I knew I was okay. So there, is, there was like a, a big club team in my age mm-hmm. where like if you were the best player in, in your region, you went to that club team. Okay. And this, the coach was like the best. And he was or like elite this or like, whatever it was. Yeah. He was like this elite figure that you always heard on the weekends yelling at his players because <laughs> he was like the, the guy. So you're like, oh man, I wonder what it's like to play for that guy. Right. So one year I, I played for a club team. And then at the end of that year, he recruited me and he was like, hey, listen, I've seen you play. I think you're one of the the better guys uh, in, in our area. And I want you to come play for our team because I think it's going to benefit you in the future. Cool. Um, this guy.
0: Was, was that the sell, or was it, it's going to benefit us immediately to have <laughs> you on the team? That
1: was probably the sell to, to me, <laughs> but the, to, to, to everyone else, was like, yeah, we got to get this guy on our right. team, hopefully, you know? Yeah. But uh, and to this day, he's still a huge mentor of mine and, and, oh, and cool. a big reason why I, I am here right now talking to you as an FC Cincinnati player. How old were you then? I was, ooh, that was probably 11, okay. 12. Yeah, so, um, and uh, so, yeah, he basically recruited me, and I, I, I got on that team the next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, ever since that moment, um, I, I kind of blossomed as a soccer player. Was that, and did that
0: sort of like take precedence over the other sports then? Yeah, at that, at point? that
1: point, yeah. So at, it's funny, at the time in high school, it's, it's all different now, which is crazy to me, but in high school, you could play club and club, uh, you could play club soccer and high school soccer. Right, right. And I I also, so my favorite sport is basketball, actually. Really? And I played in high school. Okay. And so I was like, I'm playing basketball in high school. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to do it. Uh And so I had this like trio of, I had club soccer, high school basketball, high school soccer. Mm -hmm. So my schedule was crazy and whatnot. But so I would play club soccer, obviously, and practice in the evenings and play on the weekends. Uh But I played high school, but I never practiced. I only played in games because I played in high school basketball. And it's like my favorite thing in the world.
0: Did your teammates hate you?
1: Uh, a little bit yeah especially cuz they're, <laughs> they're like, putting How? in the work and yeah, you're just yeah exactly up. i'm like not practicing yeah. but so um so yeah that was that was uh that was fun for me cuz i I, lo- I loved basketball but then eventually it got to a point where okay soccer's going to take me to yeah. uh, you know university and and on a scholarship or whatnot so i have to quit this basketball thing because i'm 5'9 and 150 <laughs> pounds. so and that grows <laughs> for it just yeah didn't, it just didn't it, hit, you know. it hit when i was like 12 and then I, that was about it so um so, yeah, I stopped playing basketball and uh, pursued soccer as a, uh, as a gateway into uh, getting yeah. a
0: scholarship to a university. So, as a teenager, you're playing soccer, you're seeing this happening. Yeah. Um, when do you – because I, f- I feel like this is all part of the, of the development into who you are right now. Right. When do you get a sense in high school – maybe it's not just a pipe dream that I could actually play in college – uh, when you start, when you start getting scouted? recruited, yeah, yeah. When you start getting
1: recruited, when you start getting that, letters 15, in the 16? mail, yeah. 15 16 Having my sophomore year, so I was actually committed my junior year of high school. Wow. Already, and so yeah. Once they started, once the recruiting letters started coming in, and the actual coaches were coming to watch the tournaments that I was playing yeah. in, and I was talking to them face to face. You know, I started to get very real, and uh, then you know I, I started taking visits, and uh, that right. was such a great time in my life, man. I. I I, uh, I was actually in Portugal with, with the U-17 national team. Good grief. Flew back to Jersey. My dad picked me up in Jersey, and we rode down the East Coast, and we visited uh, Virginia, Wake Forest, Chapel Hill, um, all these schools. Right. And um, when I visited Wake Forest, I was like, immediately, this is where I want to go. That's the one. This is the place. There's no – we don't even need – we're actually on our way to Indiana.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and I was like, we don't need to go. I'm going to go to Wake Forest because I loved it so much. And um, – for some reason I don't know why it was it was the allure of the team and um I'm I'm more of a um kind of an introverted small t- uh, like small type of person or venue or like small groups and uh-huh. it's a very small school it's like 25 three hundred thousand undergrad right on and it was just my vibe okay and the coach was fantastic so um so you were all in your 16 17 16 17 so yeah at that point we I I was like well we're gonna we're gonna commit to Wake Forest so yep. committed to Wake Forest and then uh, just had you know fun my senior year. So how does the
0: game change? Uh, first of all, how does the game change when you go from high school to college? What are the main changes in your life? Uh, is it is well, it just well, well it's you know I've been playing already internationally and I've been traveling all over the United States so it's not that much different it's just uh,
1: a little not really though it's it's still different than that because okay. those tournaments are more like vacation to be honest you're mm-hmm. there for six days it's fun you know you're in like a foreign country you never been and you're meeting new people and this kind of stuff so it's almost like a like a little camp yes yeah. they call it camps That's, uh, so when you go to college it becomes. It's similar and I'm sure to what like every other um student goes it's like it's it's the first time away from home uh-huh. but this is the first time where I'm practicing soccer every day. I have to perform every day to get on the field and there's kind of a um a new sense of um respect I have for the game because and, and for people playing the game because now I'm a freshman playing against seniors yeah. who uh, are trying to get to that next level right um, was there
0: a big step up in quality? I mean did you go from being there fish in a small pond to all of a sudden being oh god I got to step it oh, up oh for
1: sure, yeah, definitely yeah. there was a big step and i honestly, I think there there is a big step in each um mm-hmm. kind of uh next level in in you know club college pros whatever, and there should be obviously yeah but, yeah um yeah, it was definitely new to me I think the physicality was the big thing for me, you know college athletes in college there there's a lot of teams put um, heavy emphasis on lifting. So the athletes become stronger and bigger. And, and uh, so that's a big change. I think for me was like seeing the actual uh, physique of guys, like their, their athletic ability. Um, in those
0: four years, you change a lot. Oh yeah. You the do. seniors in college versus the freshmen 100%, coming in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, and to be fair, I got lucky because I, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, y- you learn by getting thrown into it and really mm-hmm. just practicing. And, and, and so I, I started as a freshman. And, and wow. that's, that's why, and we actually won the national championship my freshman year. And so that year I learned a ton about the game and like how to play against guys who were that big and that fast yep. um, because I was, you know, 18 Right. and guys were, you know, even a you know, redshirt seniors, whatever they were older and, and they had experience that I hadn't
0: had guys with full beards, guys, yeah. you know, smoking a yeah. pack a day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, they're spitting it out on the field and whatnot. No, so, but, um, so you know that was good for me, I, and and I really appreciated the the coach having belief in me to play mm. me at that early stage because you know it helped in, in my uh, yeah in my soccer. Career. Did you
0: change? You're playing midfield now. Were mm-hmm. you always midfielder? I was always really a midfielder. Yeah, okay. yeah. Always played. So
1: we played kind of like a um, like a four four two diamond in college. Okay. Um, uh, which we've actually played a couple times this year at Cincinnati, and I've actually played the same position that I played in college that I played here. So nice. I'm very familiar with that position, and I love it because. Uh, it's more like of a, a free flowing role where you can kind of wander and, and do what you like to find the game, yep. uh, get in dangerous places, um, but still kind of have that defensive responsibility. Uh, so, but no. you've
0: also got to be a, pa- a player capable of doing that. I mean, a four four two is you got to be able to cover a lot of ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. By the end of those games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You're dead. You're dead. You're yeah.
1: not, and I'm not 18, 19 in college anymore. So playing them then and playing them now is a bit different.
0: But still, uh, and this is, this is you and I could probably, I would love to just grill you about the actual mechanics of playing soccer because yeah, I'm yeah. a soccer fan and a soccer player. Yeah. Uh, um, your style, though, on the field is scrappy. Yeah. Um, like you are the guy who's getting into everything. You are the guy who, when it seems like play has lagged, when it seems like, The energy has gone down consistently. You are the guy who is like, I'm going to go break something up. I'm going to go through sheer force of will and and physical exertion. Yeah, yeah. Change the flow of things. And I see that happening pretty consistently.
1: Yeah, I try to be. I try to make things happen, whether that's on defense and offense. And I attribute that to my dad because anytime there was a lull in the game, and, and club and I started very early he would be you know he would scream a word out or it would just be a look I would look at him and he would look at me <laughs> and I'd be like okay you're right yeah it's gotta, time yeah so yeah. I still have those those thoughts in my head but it's ingrained in me now so I do it without you know right on but yeah and,
0: and doing pretty well two goals so far this season
1: yeah, yeah. A, a really pretty header against Ottawa yeah it's the first I, I, Posted an Instagram photo and uh, I said it was my first and last header goal of my career because <laughs> I don't I don't score headers a lot, but that was I was pretty. pretty happy with that one. To be fair, I, I uh, yeah, man, I was uh, I, I surprised myself a little bit, and I that, love when
0: that happens. That was great. So, so yeah, college soccer. You had a, a pretty illustrious career. I mean, you talked about winning the national championship as a freshman, um, a lot of awards, uh, and I I have your the list of them here, but I mean, go down it. You were. Um, 2007 Men's NCAA Champion, 2007 Freshman of the Year Award, 2008 All-American, all-time single-season assist record, uh, Mac Harmon Trophy finalist, ACC Offensive Player of the Year in 2009, Hmm. and uh, a Dean's List honoree. You are actually studying and going to school at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. At what point in that process do you start thinking about the next level? Do you start thinking, when you went to college, did you... Have any idea, like, I might actually be able to do this for a living?
1: Yeah, I was hoping to, Okay, um, for sure. Because at, at that time, really, it, it had just started to kind of sneak in where guys were, weren't, weren't going to college and were going straight to the pros, mm-hmm. to the MLS. Um, so I had talked to some people um, before going there uh, about maybe making that jump and um, – uh, you know, my, my mom's a teacher, so she values education and so do I. And so, you know, I was going to go to, I was always going to go to college. But to be fair, I was always going to try and go pro mm-hmm. when that opportunity uh, came. Yep. And so um, after the first, after my freshman year, it, it was an incredible year, probably the best year of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, college is incredible and winning a national championship with with guys that had became my best friends in the world was like the pinnacle and I was
0: like, yeah, where do you go the from clouds, there? freshman you know, year yeah, national exactly. championship? So
1: at that point, um, and, and a lot of the guys who contributed to that team were juniors, so they were returning uh-huh. as for their senior year, and I was going to be a sophomore. So it was kind of like known between all of us, like th- this next year is going to really be, because we were better my sophomore year than my freshman mm-hmm. year. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the roster, there's probably, I mean, there's four or five guys. Like my roommate is Aiko Para. Okay. And last year he won MLS Defender of the Year, right? So we, our team was stacked, man. So I was like, we we're we're going to do this again. Yeah. So came back at that sophomore year. And then after that sophomore year it was tough because uh we had made it to the final four, as far as far as you can go, mm-hmm. and lost in my hometown in Dallas. And Two. so I was to uh it was to Chapel Hill, okay. so, which is like a, a rival of ours, you know. Yep. I had a bunch of friends on that team. It was devastating. Yeah. And so at the end of that, um all those seniors uh, left, okay. and so it was kind of a new challenge. And, and we, and, and so at that point, uh, myself and, and my roommate Aiko Agu- Par, we kind of had to make a decision because we were getting these sort of, at the time, they call them Generation Adidas offers, mm-hmm. where you can leave school early. Um, and sign a MLS contract for however many years and 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 it was it was a great deal to be yep. fair it was it was, it was one of the best contracts you could sign in MLS at the mm-hmm. time. and so um, we we mold that over and uh, it, it to, to me for some reason I, it just didn't happen and I, and I wanted a new challenge to kind of take on this uh, this team on my own because t- until that point it was kind of like I was like the cool like freshmen or sophomore who didn't really have any worries and could kind of live. Right. You do team. The, yeah. It's kind of just like, man, this is fun. This is cool. Right. But now it's a whole different experience and you have to lead a, a, a team and become almost a new person mm-hmm. uh, on the field. And I, I thought, and, and, and my coach too at the time was like, you, you need to do this for your career. You need to have these, you need to go through this moment of maybe there's adversity, perseverance, or right. Um, a different kind of leadership t- to get to the next level.
0: And you were you were selected by your coach to do that. That wasn't just a conversation yeah. that you guys had. It was an official sort of position right. with the team. Right. Yeah. 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 What so, was what was that? Uh,
1: yeah, it's essentially just uh, a leadership council and okay. uh, guys that have been around um, a while. And, and so at that point, you kind of create this um, this community of people that make decisions or just basically lead the team and guide, you know, what what seniors are doing for me my freshman year be that yep. guy for the incoming freshman and hopefully get to the, that same level and and we did and that and and that was a huge um achievement for myself is is leading that team uh to a, another final four because a lot of people said we couldn't do it. Right. Uh and then after after that year we ended up losing in the final four again um to Virginia I believe. And then after that year uh it was it was kind of um known to myself and and a lot of other people that, that I was going to go pro and and declare
0: for the draft. Okay. And Uh, you did. And I did. Yeah. First round picked by the Chicago fire. Yeah. Chicago
1: fire 13th overall. Uh I was, yeah, I was, it was, it was a crazy time. I I, I was hoping, you know, to, to get higher, but I can't, you know, it's not, that's not bad though. Yeah. No, it's not bad at all. And, and to this day, like I, I think it happened the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. It's tough to say that in the moment obviously and in moments past that because I had a tough time in the MLS. Where
0: did you think you were going to go in the draft? Did you well, think what you I were going to go Well, I had been told then? I
1: thought I was top 10.
0: Okay. Which um and
1: to be quite frank, like my contract was set up like that. Uh-huh. Um and when it didn't happen, then you're just
0: kind of like, "Oh man." Even though it's 13th, you're yeah, three out exactly. of the top 10, yeah, but yeah. I know there's things for matter reason how
1: that that feels like a loss. Right. You know, it's like Right. You know, it's it's like if you tie a game, but they score in the last in the last second of the kick, it feels like a loss, but you tied. It's right. not, you know what I mean. So yeah, that was uh, that that was. Um, I wanted to be really happy, and I was, uh-huh. I was ecstatic.
0: But it was there was still like a, a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah. that So now you're a pro. Yeah. Chicago Fire, big city, a lot mm-hmm. of expectations. How does that all change? How you relate to the game? How did the competition level go up? How does the next step impact you?
1: Yeah, this is when everything changes for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um my life kind of got flipped upside down at this point. Um How so? because I uh, up to this point I've I've always kind of been um the the guy, kind of yeah. like the best player on my team growing up and then in college I got, you know, all these awards and and signed the Generation Adidas contract. So I was supposed to be a person that steps into the league, contributes, and, you know, is 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 Takes is over, well. yeah. yeah, And um, so in my eyes, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen, man. This is going to be great. Right. <laughs> well, it didn't happen that way.
0: What What and, happened? And what?
1: to be fair, like, it was just, it was very, very eye-opening to me. So the year before that, this is just a little backstory on, on mm-hmm. the fire. The year before that, the fire went to uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And they did great, and for some reason, which what happens in soccer, the coach got fired. The you know it, it, they cleaned house; everyone left.
0: You do great, and yeah, we and yeah. we reward you by getting rid of everybody. Right. So
1: everyone left. So this is basically a whole new team. So and I, that and that
0: happens a lot of times. Oh yeah, I mean, time. Cincinnati sports fans have seen that happen yeah, as yeah. much as anybody else. Is all right. We got to clear salary cap room, or we 100%. got to do whatever yeah, it's, to it's, build. It's a part for. of
1: the business. It'll it'll happen, and it'll continue to happen forever. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. You know, I'm coming into a team that is brand new, and that is has a brand new coach mm-hmm. who just doesn't speak English. Oh man! And at this one, I'm like, "What? What do you mean he doesn't speak English? How's that possible?" Yeah. So the first practice, and
0: you're not speaking metaphorically. You're saying no, no. He literally doesn't speak English. Does he not. has a
1: translator. Right at training. So at, at training, you know, he's giving the talks to the group, and then his translator yep. was translated to me. And you know, and so and. For me, that was crazy. I was like, "How is this?" I knew that this was the pros, and maybe like you had to go out and get a big-time guy, and he was a big-time coach. And mm-hmm. and I to this day, I think he's a great coach. He just didn't speak English. So how is he supposed to convey his messages right. if 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 the language barrier is is a bit tough? And so, um, and and also, and this is just, this sounds like me making excuses, but this is just my reality. Really, is is he had no idea what the draft was? Hmm. He's coming from South America. You know he.
0: Completely different they, system. They
1: have no idea what the draft is. So I yeah. got drafted by the technical director.
0: Um, not by the coach. You're by, not by the coach. his guy.
1: So at this point, he kind of thinks I'm like an academy player or uh-huh. or a guy who's like, okay, well, he's just here for development. We'll, we'll let him do his thing. So, I mean, I really didn't have a shot that first year. Hmm. And, and, and you know, I, I think I started maybe one or two games. And the second game I started, he took me out in the 37th minute. Yeah. And so at that point, my confidence was gone. Yeah. So that
0: kind of sets the stage. And where, this is the, I mean, the first time, uh, I don't know, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but it sounds to me that this is the first time that something like that has happened oh, in sure. your soccer yeah. career, definitely. all the way from being a kid to coming here. This is the first sort of major setback and the first time somebody's not saying you're the best guy on the yeah, field. Yeah,
1: definitely. So it's hard to deal with. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you're s-
0: 22? Yeah, I'm 20 at this point. 20. Okay. Yeah. 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 Still a young guy.
1: Oh yeah. So I, um... I, I mean, this these next, you know, however many years I spent in the MLS were like the most difficult. Of my, but I learned so much about myself and about life that it's hard for me not to appreciate it. But while you're in them, it's it's Tell. It's terrible. It's yeah. like you know, I, I wanted to quit every day and that kind of stuff. Ugh. But um, that, that's down the line. But yeah, so you know, go, getting into the fire, it, it was definitely hard. And mm-hmm. and so then I start to question. And I've written now a couple of things about, um, identity. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, and I think, you know, a lot of people, not, not soccer players, not just soccer players, but everyone kind of struggles with the identity of like, if, if, am I who I, what I do or am I, you know, something different. And so at that point, my identity as a person was a soccer player. I was a soccer player. Um, you know, that was who I was introduced as that was my, um, that was my life. That was what I gave the world was soccer. And so at this point, you know, it, it got so bad to where a point I was questioning what I could give to the world if I couldn't play right. soccer anymore. Right. Um, so that was hard for me, having those years in Chicago. And to be fair, it was kind of like a contradiction because soccer was going terribly, but I was loving life <laughs> because I was living in Chicago. Yeah. You know, I just met a ton of new people who became some of my best friends in the world. In this beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I, which was crazy to me because I had spent so long in my life loving soccer and it was my passion. And I would almost dread going to practice in the morning because it was so hard for me. I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't fathom. Like, Were
0: you considering quitting? Oh, yeah. You think this times. might be the end? 100%. Wow. Yeah.
1: To be fair, I only, I feel like I've been saying that a lot, I would I only kept playing because of the contract that I signed. I hmm. signed a, a three year guaranteed contract. So, I mean, in my mind, by the second year, I was like, okay, I'm just going to play out this next year. Yeah. I'll figure out what I'm going to do. And then we'll go from there. That's rough. It was crazy. Yeah, honestly. Because you spend your whole life doing soccer. And, and, and then, you know, you, and you complete that dream by turning into your work. You know, now I'm making money yeah. playing a game. Yeah. So then that's another contradiction is like, man, I'm pl- this is my dream. I'm, I'm getting to pa- getting paid to play soccer. But if I hate it.
0: Why, Why am I am doing, I doing it? it?
1: But then, then you'll have one good day and you'll be like, you know what? I knew I loved this game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> you make know? one, one yeah, good right. play. It's like Scarlet playing golf. golf. You
1: hit one good shot and all of a sudden you think you're a massive, you know, right. a huge golfer. But, um, so that, that was what I struggled with. I ping pong those ideas back and forth so often Ugh. for, for those three years, for four years, because I eventually resigned for an extra year. Right. Um, and, uh, and that, that's a whole different story. But, um, well, so, so. You,
0: the timeline a little bit, because these are the questions I want to get to. Yeah. I want to sort of uh, complete the timeline a bit. You're, you're in Chicago for four years. Mm. You go to Philadelphia. Yep. How does that transfer process work? I assume uh, you have so, absolutely no say in it. No,
1: no, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's MLS. So. Yeah, right.
1: Um, hey, Corbin.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> you don't live here anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, that's one How of the things I found out. out? Uh, well, I found out on Twitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, um, and a phone call. Uh, but, uh, I, I was really, I was really happy at that point when I got, I, I eventually got, I got selected in what they call a, um, a, uh, a re-entry draft. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, I signed, I signed a, at the end of my third year, I signed another contract with Chicago mm-hmm. and then after another year, they had my option, but chose to decline it. So then I go into a re-entry draft, okay. which, which all other teams can draft out of. So all You're the a free guys, agent. Yeah. Essentially, essentially yep. a free agent. Okay. Um, but Chicago still owns my rights. Yep. Um and Philadelphia Union uh ends up drafting me. Mm-hmm. Uh and a guy who I love, uh John Hackworth uh great guy. He went to Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh he was the coach and and I and I knew him well and then their assistant uh rob who i also knew well who was the assistant at maryland when i was awake so we you know it's it's, soccer is a small community right and um so i eventually got drafted uh by then and 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 went to philadelphia with the hopes of like you know resurging my career and And, did that happen uh no (laughs) it did not unfortunately (laughs) to be honestly like in the beginning it was great and it was kind of a new beginning and, and it's it was like when you get you know, a, a a new toy or something. I was mm-hmm. so happy to be there. Yeah. And so
0: like new fresh start. lightened, you know to believe in it's yourself. Exactly, again. yeah.
1: I started to get that belief back and, and whatnot. And it and it went great in the beginning. I started I started playing some games. Um and then uh so my it was probably the like seventh game I played in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh I came in as a sub, and I ended up getting the second fastest red card in MLS history. Wow.
0: (laughs) What did you do? Yeah,
1: (laughs) Was it deserved? You can look this up on the internet, (laughs) by the way. So anyone listening, you can... Everybody at home is Googling right now. So, yeah, I ended up getting the second fastest red card in MLS history. As a sub, I was on the field for like 63 seconds. And so, and at this point, Philadelphia was kind of having a troubling time. Uh We we weren't winning a lot of games. We ended up winning that game. (laughs)
0: Which I was okay with, but you fell on your sword on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You reignited the team.
1: Um, but and that was the last game I played for the union. The coach John Seriously. John Hackworth ended up getting fired a week later and uh And he was your advocate o- and you Yeah, out.
0: interim took over and wow. That was it. And you how long from that point until you end up at Cincinnati? a uh, oh while. Wow, so I ended up <laughs>
1: This, I'm a journeyman. I, I ended up, I mean, I'm just at this yeah. point, I'm just kind of chasing the stream, but, but the, the crazy thing also is, is that at this point it's my only way to make money. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, this is my livelihood. Yep. So I have to figure out a, another way to do it. And an avenue opened up. Um, my old assistant at wake forest ended up coaching, uh, a team that's now, um, extinct is, uh, women's and hammerheads mm-hmm. in the USL. Um, so they, uh, he coached them and he was like, hey, listen, man, like, I know you're just looking to play. I know it's not like the, the fanciest place and blah, 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 but, but it's worked. just come down here and play soccer. And yep. I was like, that sounds great. And it's on the beach. You know, at this point, I'm just trying to enjoy my life, enjoy soccer and, yeah. and just kind of fade away into darkness. Now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, no. So I uh, go there and it was great. I played and I, I enjoyed my life. Um, and uh, it was a good year. Our, our team was was bad. We, we weren't good. Uh, we should have been good we we but well, we weren't uh-huh. um, and then I end up getting a call, and uh one of my the, my other old assistant at Wake Forest, mm-hmm. uh this guy ryan martin, uh he calls me and says, "Hey, we're starting up this thing in Cincinnati. uh you know I know you've had a tough go at it, but we still believe in you, cool, and uh you should come try it out and I, I'm like, dude, I'm on board man let's let's do this thing right <laughs> so um yeah, and I was one of the first eleven to to sign, and yep. uh one of the three left so well yeah it, one of the original three yeah, is yeah, you yeah. and jimmy mclaughlin and jimmy and kenny
0: okay yeah all right yeah and all three of you doing amazing yeah, things yeah. having a great season so far yeah
1: they're killing it man it's it's awesome to to be here with them still and and yeah. uh you know doing what we're doing it's great
0: and pointing toward the team getting back into mls and there's yeah yeah everything all that's things. happening yeah, yeah, around yeah. that which so, is really great yeah well let's let's transition a little bit you've hinted and i've sort of been pulling you away from the philosophical aspects but um how does the process of taking your childhood love and turning it into what you do for a living change how you think about that thing do you still think about the game i mean i I was thinking about this earlier and i was i was remembering uh michael jordan um you know and the fabled i don't know if it was true or if it was apocryphal but everybody said that when he was playing for Chicago he had a love of the game clause in his contract which means that he could play anywhere that he wanted to at any time because a lot of pros they won't let you play pickup games because you can't they can't afford to let you get <laughs> yeah, hurt yeah, right like how does your love for the game change over everything that you've just described as it becomes work
1: yeah a, a ton of things change um I mean for me you know they always you know there, there's like I don't know, but playing back then, it's 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 for the love of it, one hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. for the passion of it. It's for the joy of just going out there and playing the game, being with friends, and basically just connecting on a level that 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 it's through sports and it's great. And that's what I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And you can still do that, obviously, in, in, at the pros. But there is a job aspect and and a competitive nature that just doesn't exist when when it's just uh, club soccer, yeah. um, because you're fighting for jobs and. And so when that changes, um, it definitely, your mindset ha- has to change, mm-hmm. uh, because if, if it doesn't, then, then you m- might not survive. I mean, right. really you, you have to have this selfishness about you that, um, propels you into that kind of like killer instinct where, okay, this, this, is, I'm a part of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is how I'm providing for my family. Yep. Um, and even that aspect changed it for me. as soon as I had a kid and 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 a wife, and and now we have a house. It's like I have to provide for those things. I have to be able to to keep those things around for my family. Yep. Um. So I, I think that's the biggest thing. Is 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 the is is the money and the livelihood and and money. You know, it, it changes things yeah. it, definitely. And so, um, it becomes a very much a you know that cliche of a eat dog world and and. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, you can still find and like that's it's 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 tough because on our team, you know, this year, the team is incredible and all the guys are fantastic. And when you reach that level of like you can still have that that competitiveness, but also compassion, Mm -hmm. it's a great blend. And those end up being the great the great teams is when you can have that competitiveness and compassion built in. And you end up making each other better. And it's right. hard to find. Yep. It really is. And so I've only been on a few teams. And that team at Wake Forest was one of them. Uh, and um, that, that they're successful and also can survive in that sort of yeah. that, that atmosphere.
0: It's interesting. I think a lot of people think about professional athletes. And obviously for the people that we see most often, it's a pretty privileged position. But it's interesting to think about um, most people's work careers... They're kind of, even if they're working for a big company, even if they're sitting in a cubicle, the decisions they make are their own. Their performance is their own. They're judged on whether they do a good job or not. They're given a raise at the end of the year based on whether they did okay or not. So much of your livelihood is dependent on things that you can't control. Um, Whether they hire a coach that can actually speak your language, whether the rest of the guys on the team can get along with each other, whether the team can coalesce you know whether somebody gets hurt or doesn't get hurt over the course of the season yeah um, and so you there's a certain amount of it that you control yeah you talked about that selfishness but it almost seems like it's it's absolutely necessary because so much is out of your control yeah that when you have something you control you have to just just grab it by the throat and make it everything you can
1: yeah 100 percent I mean the variables the thing I mean that like you just mentioned a ton of them and the, and those are all hundred percent correct I mean it's it's tough to control and and, and so at the end of the day when you have that chance so i mean a lot of the times you know when i was in the mls my only chance was was to play as a sub mm-hmm. so and and it's it's hard because you end up wanting to like okay i'm gonna go on the field and i'm gonna score immediately <laughs> but then you end up playing poorly because you have that in your Just head trying and too like, hard. yeah exactly so i think you have to find that that balance of okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the right thing but i'm also gonna Gonna definitely show my quality mm-hmm. as a player because this is how I, you know, this is my my my, my play is how I get chosen and that's how I yep. succeed as a as a soccer player. Yep. And so I mean, a lot of those things you can't control, of course. And, and there's always gonna be those those variables where um, maybe the coach uh, likes this guy. He has a previous relationship with him and he likes you a bit better and he's gonna play him over you. Mm-hmm. That the, the, those things are everywhere and they happen all the time. And to be fair, that affected me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I would get super mad about it. And I would be like, this is stupid, man. Like, how is this possible? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then it would affect my play. And I would end up not playing to my full potential yeah. because I was worried about these things that I couldn't control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, As soon as I realized that, like, listen, that's not going to, it's, it's only going to make you worse. It's only going to make it worse. Yeah. So I had to really think and say, okay, what are the things that I can't control? It's, it's on, when I step on the field, I'm basically perfect. And to make it as hard as I can on the coach or whoever it is, that keeps me around here or who is playing me, whatever, I have to make it as hard on them as possible. When I look them in the eye and say, why am I not playing? They just
0: say. You got to give them no excuses. Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: And so that's kind of what I've built my my play around is I have to be almost perfect because there needs to
0: be no excuses. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is uh, before we started recording, I told you that um, some of the things I wanted to talk about were the ways in which... I feel like the life of a professional athlete is completely different and then in some ways absolutely no different yeah. from the professional life of anybody else. And I feel like that lesson is a lesson. I've coached a lot of people, done career coaching and, and different things. And I have said to people, the fastest way or the, the, the most secure way to ensure your advancement in your career is to make yourself indispensable. Yeah. Um, and it's true no matter what you do. Leave everybody else who makes those decisions no room not to choose you. One hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's true no matter what you do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, you see it in soccer a lot, and it's it's, and it's not in soccer. It's it's any any anywhere that requires skill is is if you can hone down and be a, a very good person at something that they need, then mm-hmm. you become indispensable. Like in soccer, it's distinct when free kick takers. Uh huh. If you're a good free kick taker and you can uh, honestly like put the ball in the back of the net or make the goalie make a save you're probably going to be on the field
0: that's you know david I mean? beckham built exactly. an entire career a- on it 100% so yeah. like
1: if you can find that skill and a lot of people have and uh, or or you know a goalkeeper i mean mm-hmm. it's another area where you can literally if 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 your goals against average is is you know low then you know so yep. uh, and that margin forever is, is 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 you know but yeah so that that's a big part of it and mm-hmm. and for me, that's hard because I don't have that one skill. But I think, and you mentioned it earlier, the one thing that I do try and provide at all times is that, that willing willingness to work and, and the energy yep. and, and that sort of thing that you can't deny that I'm going to give you that every time I yep. kind of step on the field. And I
0: think that's, that's part of it is that journeyman approach. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me the way that you've matured um, as a player but as a person over the course of your career is yeah. to see it as I'm here to work. I'm here to put the work in every day. I'm here to put the work in on the field. I'm willing to be the guy that goes out and raises the energy of the team because that's what we all need to right, succeed. Right. How has how has that part of it, the workman aspect of it, changed over the course of your pro career? Um, honestly, gratitude. Hmm. I uh, I've started
1: to really be, because so many in years past because so many times I was like thinking of quitting or should I quit or, or doing that. And then now being able to be humbled by the fact that, I mean, I have this journal and and every day, usually when I wake up, uh, I write like, this could be the last practice of your life Mm -hmm. because it could, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, not only practice, but day or whatever, you know, that goes into this existentialist thing or whatever, but um, uh, that this could be, whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, anything, this could be it. And so, that bleeds into well I'm going to work my hardest I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can that if if this was my last practice this was my last game that I would be happy with that performance yep and so that's kind of like you said that came with maturity and kind of recognition and awareness of of the limited time that I have with this game yeah, and, uh, and and this life really, and and and, and I want to be proud. I, when I look back, you know, all that stuff I did when I was younger, I want to be proud of my soccer career. Yeah, and so um, that kind of bleeds into all those. Man, this is this could be it. This could be the last one of the of the day. This you know this next one that I have. This could be it. So I, I want to make sure that it's, and so working that hard to be proud of that. That's a that's a big thing that I'm that I'm. Yeah. Um, that I work towards 100%.
0: You talked a few minutes ago about um, the desire to give something to the world, that you think of your career uh, as as what you're giving to the world. We talk about this podcast is um, about meaningful work, about finding meaningful work and finding meaning in the work that you do. Mm -hmm. Where does that desire come from for you? Because you're obviously, even in the way that you're talking about it right now, you've matured into a, a position of thinking about this yeah. in a larger way and thinking about it in terms of how this is meaningful to you beyond whether or not you you score on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I think for me, I, I've kind of learned and uh, taken in this idea that the mental side of the game is so much greater, uh, for me at least, than... than um, I guess I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I sh- practicing and as a youth player, practicing and, and really honing on your skills is important. But when you get to a certain point, the mental capability or capacity of a person is where you're going to succeed for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the game changed. And so for me, I- I've tried and I've started to do this now Is and, I want, and I'm a big advocate of it is the mental side of the game and the mental um, ups and downs that you can deal with uh, throughout a career and, and how that kind of can can make or break you 100%. Yeah. And so uh, the, one of the big things is, you know, I I did this speech of the day and I, I did three takeaways and one of the takeaways was overthinking. And this applies to soccer and, and everything really mm-hmm. is I went down this path for a long time um, of, of overthinking where if I made one bad pass, I go down this rabbit hole of, oh, man, you made one bad pass. If you make another bad pass – Everyone's going to think you're bad. Everyone's going to, They're going to take you off the field. Yep. Then you're not going to play the next game. And then your career is going to be over. That's just classic overthinking. That's a slippery because, slope yeah, right it's, there. 100%, yep. Yeah, 100%. That, but that's the reality of overthinking because usually it has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to, and you're going to end up someplace w- w- that isn't a reality, but you're there now and right. and you're thinking it. So it, it, you made it into something real.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting, you're willing yourself unintentionally exactly, exactly. into the place. And so when I realized...
1: And the, the breakthrough for me was when I became aware of that, I could actually shut that down inside my head. So saying that, what I, what I want to um, give to the world or, or show is that you can be a soccer player, but also think outside of the mistakes or, or, or the highs and lows of the soccer game. You can actually um, kind of play with a free-flowing mentality and... No matter what happens during the game, the outcome doesn't doesn't really right doesn't really matter. If 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 you can think positively, it's still going to be positive in the end. So, what I mean by that is, like, whether you make a bad pass or not, the next play it only depends on when you get that that next when you get that last pass out of your head. Mm -hmm. So like, every moment is new. Every every pass is the first one. bleeds into living in the present moment yep. because you can't live in the past. You can't live in the future. If you live in the present moment, then you're going to be the best player you are at that moment because you are. Yep. Um, and that, that's, that was super hard to get to for me. And How it, did that it happen? took me a long time.
0: Who made you aware of that? How did you, Honestly, you talk about was, a shift? Yeah, it was just
1: a, it was kind of a, it was the self-discovery in a way Mm -hmm. I I became, I I started getting into reading. And so I started reading like self help books, if Uh you will, and trying to learn about the mind and and the human body really. And at that point I got into um, stuff where like, wow, you know, your mind's a powerful thing. And then I applied it to the soccer field and I ended up becoming a a better player because I could play, you know, free flowingly. I could play without fear, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. I, I think and and one of the best books I read for this it's it's not even applicable. Uh, well, there's a ton of books that I could that I read. But yeah, one and is, you can
0: give us the uh, your yeah, reading list and we'll put it okay. on the website after the fact. I would love to see the Perfect. stuff that's yeah, really yeah. been meaningful to you.
1: Yeah, um, one is it's called Deep, and mm-hmm. it's about free diving. It's got by this guy James Nestor, and basically it's about the the human capability to go beyond what we think we can do. Yep, and so it's it's about using your mind and creating. Um, your reality through like not necessarily positive thinking but just awareness yeah knowing um and so he goes into like these crazy you know freediving is a crazy sport and i and i love it so much because it's basically just letting go and humbling yourself into the ocean right which is like this crazy thing and realizing um you know you're here now you know living in the present moment being aware of of you know, who you are and, and self-discovery and that kind of stuff that it's, those are all, all those principles are inside that book. Yeah. And so when I went down that, that, that path, it honestly made me a better soccer player.
0: How did that change how you train every day?
1: Yeah, it's the same way. I mean, sometimes you go into training, you're like, Oh man, I'm not really feeling it right now. You know, I don't, I don't know. But those are the days that you you end up taking off from regretting because uh-huh. then you leave practice, you know, you lose in a small side of game and then you leave practice and you're pissed off. So mm-hmm. then it ruins your day. So then when I go home and see my kid, I'm not smiling. I'm like,
0: yeah. Oh man, yeah. you know
1: what I mean? I'm not in the moment. I'm thinking about that six v six game that I lost because I was lazy and you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: and getting insecure about what that's going to mean for your play on exactly. Saturday. Yeah, and- yeah. It's,
1: it's that, it's that domino effect of those thoughts just because just because you went into training with sort of a bad attitude or maybe a little bit lazy, then it becomes this thing that ruins your day and could ruin your weekend. But, um, yeah.
0: I I feel like some of these parallels are obvious. Some of them are, are, uh, surprising. I think the, do you find that within the guys, the community of players that you're in right now, do a lot of guys think about the game this way? I think
1: you're starting to, Mm -hmm. um, to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of these conversations with the guys on the team, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. It's it's tough to find out who wants to have them yeah. and, and who doesn't. You know, I, I I It's tough to just break into those conversations, uh, and I've tried. And I, and a few guys. You're in the not past, passing books
0: around in the locker room. You know what I mean? Room. Yeah, like I'm not just like
1: <laughs> my locker buddy's not next to me, and I'm like, man, <laughs> do you feel like you're in the present moment right now. <laughs> but um. Uh, but there are it is something I know that everyone thinks about, and yeah. so you see guys now trying to get that word out. Like Kevin Love just did this thing on Players Tribune about mental awareness and mental health. Mm. Um, it's definitely out there. It's it's stuff that guys want to learn about, and and I think I'm a big advocate of um, that will that will take guys to the next level. Yeah, 100. If if you can get your your mental game um, and your physical game at this equilibrium, mm-hmm. then it, you you will be so much better as a player and as a person and and i think those coincide i mean I, honestly the, the more aware i become and the more kind of um seeker of that i, I am i've yeah. I become a better player
0: yep for sure yeah and i mean the the uh, rise of sports psychology just as a field yeah. of study over the last 10 20 years bears that out a lot of people are, are paying more attention to that do you have practices outside i mean how many hours a day do you spend training
1: uh not maybe
0: like four or five. Four. How many days a week? Uh, normally six days a week. Okay, yeah. Do you have practices or do you even have time for practices? Uh, mindfulness practices or different things? You, you mentioned reading. What else do you yeah. do to cultivate this for yourself?
1: Uh, we do yoga on occasion okay. for sure, and um, that helps definitely. Um, yoga's one of those things that I don't do enough. I, I always say, man, every time I do it, I'm like, man, I should do this more. And then, you know, join the crowd. Life happens and then <laughs> you end up not doing, it. but, um, reading is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then honestly, I, I love writing. Writing is like a, a, a form of mm-hmm. therapy for me or getting my thoughts out. And then I can kind of think deeply, but a big part of this for me and, 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 and a reason why I love having these conversations is, is, is having those conversations mm-hmm. that, that, pulls it out of me and, and finding guys and friends who I can have that those sort of conversations with is sort of like uh, getting to the bottom of those topics and, and yeah. figuring more figuring out more about what's inside of each of us from from a mental standpoint and, and how we can achieve um, things through that yeah uh, and, and finding those friends uh, I don't want to say it's difficult but it's rare I think mm-hmm. um, you know I don't have a ton of those people but um, so those conversations that I have have really helped, and uh, I'm hoping that eventually we can get to a point where, like you said, teammates are having those conversations, yeah. maybe not in like a, um, a structured way, but just you know because it's part of the game. Yeah, but I, um, you
0: know I don't know. Um, one of the the fields of questions I want to ask you about is sort of the. Um, the difference between like USL and MLS and sort of what you guys have access to in the United States. But I know that a lot of teams at the higher levels uh, within the NFL and within major league baseball can bring those people in and facilitate those processes. I don't know if that's anything that's happening within soccer at all in the States or whether it's something that like MLS teams are providing that the USL doesn't have access to yet.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I I don't know. It's not
0: happening obviously for FC Cincinnati.
1: Not right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, um, who knows maybe in the future it will yep. and um, maybe it'll be you I, I, yeah maybe I would love to be <laughs> honestly I had these conversations like man you should maybe think about doing that and I'm yeah. like oh, that'd be great I'd have to learn a lot more but I uh-huh. and so um, but I mean you've seen it in the past definitely I think the last World Cup the biggest thing for me is Germany they, they had a sports psychologist with them mm-hmm. and they said it was like the most beneficial tool that they had during that because that's a hard thing to do I mean the World Cup is the biggest oh, yeah. you know event in the world yep. and um, for that amount of time to, to stay focused at a level at that I mean that you got you have to have some sort of tool to help you with that yep. I think and and so that was a big piece it, and
0: uh, yeah and you see suit. you see that process I mean that's why a lot of people are talking about Steph Curry and falling in love with him in the last four or five years is because of the joy that he brings right. to the game and and it's obvious when you're seeing it take place mm-hmm. it's not always as obvious how to get to it. And again, I I bring it back to the parallels are obvious, no matter what you do, if you can bring that level of freedom, if you can be your best self at every moment, if you're not worrying about the politics of the guy in the cubicle next to you or what Mm -hmm. the boss thinks about you, but you're just doing what you have to do and doing it as best you can, you're going to, you're going to be good at what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And it's infectious too. I mean, that's a big part about what the team uh, aspect of, of soccer is. I think that, that attitude and that, that mindset is infectious. And if you, if you, build that within a team and it blooms then you become this team that no matter what happens you're you're going to succeed i mean that's i mean you know that positivity is going to break through a lot of things that other teams might not i mean whether it's you know if you're two nil down you have to come back and win or if you have three games in a week or if you have an open cup game and stuff like that the entire team is going to have to contribute no matter what and if you're on the same page and you're no matter what happened previously or, or might happen in the future. That's going to set you up for success if you have that sort of mindset, I think. For
0: sure. You know, it's interesting. There's there's a lot of reasons to look at the impact that sports has on our culture, especially professional sports, mm-hmm. in a negative way. There's NBA salaries and there's MLB salaries yeah. and there's the inequity there and there's there's a lot of opportunity. And I've done this myself to say, you know… There are serious issues going on in the world. Like, why are 49,000 people gathering in a stadium to watch, to watch grown men play? Yeah, yeah. The answer is because nowhere is it more obvious about the lessons that we need to take into the rest of our life than to see them played out on the field. Um, you know, the, the camaraderie is, that is established, that the effects of that camaraderie, mm-hmm. when you watch a player on any sports team, you can see a selfish player and you can see a selfless player and you can see yeah. the difference in, what, in the impact that they have uh, on the game. And I think it's important to recognize that the role that sports can play at higher levels in our culture is one of telling us the behaviors that we need to put into play in the rest of what we do. Yeah. There's not a question behind that, but that's no, what are No, I agree with 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: the togetherness, I think, is, is a huge part of that um, you know, throughout the world. And I mm-hmm. think... To, to apply that in, in the real world is, is massive and it's not easy and yeah. no one said it's going to be easy but to at least try yeah. I think is 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 a huge thing um, and sports I mean it, it taught me that 100% uh, mm-hmm. I mean you learn through having teammates and, and through going through adversity and and I think you know not, not getting too high with the highs or low with the lows mm-hmm. and, and, and having that that equilibrium and that balance um, you know I, I think it teaches a ton of things and I and I it shows sports to me, sports to me is everything, but sports to me, it's, it's everything because it's taught me to learn about myself and about everything in the world to be a better person. Yeah. And I think, you know, for sports to do that is, it's a beautiful thing. And, and so when I go to the stadium and there's like 30,000 people in the stands, like that's, that's a beautiful thing to me. Uh, and people want to come watch us play. So we want to give it back. You know, you want that reciprocation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, sports brings people together. There's no doubt about it. And 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 it's a beautiful thing. And it's been a part of my life for so long. And um, I hope it continues. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but the crazy thing, I just popped in my head, but, and I, the crazy thing about sports is, like, for me, my soccer career is, it's the only career, really, that ends, mm-hmm. like, abruptly, where, you know, like, if you have a, if you're an accountant, and you start being an accountant at, you can do you know, that for you're your entire work the yeah. yeah there's there's like a there's
0: like a date yeah that, I wanted to ask you about this yeah. like, how do you deal with that it's crazy to you me. Can, you yeah. can't do this I, until it's, you're 65 it's honestly,
1: and you don't think about it and then all of a sudden it's like here and you're like <laughs> how how is it now it's over right you know and so now and 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 when you start to think about that i, I that's a big reason why I started to also think about you know the, 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 the mental side of that and, and, and applying these, these uh, values and these attributes of sports and soccer to real life because real life is right around the corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, it's just a crazy concept to me that, that it just ends. Well, so I what, really, are, it, it, what and, are you doing
0: with that? Like how is the work, the work, how is the, the daily, the yeah. conditioning and the training yeah. and the performance on the field, but how is the mental work? Preparing you for the inevitable end of your playing career.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I I think, you know, I I think first and foremost you have to you have to accept that it's going to end. I think that's the big thing. And for for a long time, you know, when you're young and you're in it and you're playing, you're like, oh man, I'm going to do this forever. You know, when you're 21 and then you wake up and you're 29, Uh and you're like, man, I I have to get over the fact that like this isn't going to be forever anymore. Yeah. So, and I think the best thing you can do mentally is use all the tools that you got and use the experience through however far you went. If you you learned about the business side of it, if you learned so much about the technical side of soccer that you want to be a coach, Uh use that tool. Because, and I was talking about the other day, I was like, literally, it's like I went to soccer college for 10 years mm-hmm. and so now that that's the most knowledgeable topic i'm i have I, I have right you know what i mean that's what i know most about
0: that's why a lot of players go into coaching exactly or commentating percent. and yeah. so
1: and for me you know i, I struggle with is that what i want to do or do i want to accept kind of a new challenge mm-hmm. and and find myself a little bit more outside of soccer um so i'm struggling with with that now. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the next step for me and, and, and I'm trying to do that through writing. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I started that, that Corbin's corner thing where I try, try my hand at, at writing, if you will. And, and it's, for me, it's great because I can, you know, get stuff out on the page that I've wanted to for a long time. Right. But I can also figure out, Hey, are people, um, responding to this? Do they feel like, they uh they like this or or, or whatever
0: mm-hmm. um certainly seems like they are yeah I, I, far. I
1: like to think so yeah, yeah. and, and so, we'll link but, out
0: to that as well from okay, the great, yeah. from the if yeah. you're listening to this go to the website and we'll, we'll link to great, all of this yeah. stuff
1: and and where does that go like where like where yeah. do i take that um so uh,
0: how uh i don't know if this is an insensitive question to ask but mm-hmm. like you look at that horizon how many years do you think you have left as a player I mean, I mean, uh, you know, fingers I'll crossed. This way. No, no, of
1: course, I'll play until I literally can't. So if if I'll play until I literally can't anymore.
0: If for most, for most soccer players, what does that end up being? Probably
1: around thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, like okay. like low thirties. Yep. I think you know. I was I was saying the other day. I, I like if at the end of this year for me it ended, I would be bummed. Mm-hmm. I would be really really sad. You're not, sad, d- you're not ready not, to be done yet. No, but not yep. for the purpose of. And I still love the game, I, I, but not for the purpose of me. I'm like, oh man, like this, this is everything I've ever done. You know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I wouldn't be sad because of that but I'd be sad because I literally think I kind of figured this out now. <laughs> where I'm like, I'm in a good place. Now I know how to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think, honestly, I think that's a lot of the times people say that 29 or what is your prime, mm-hmm. but I think it's that because it's at like this pinnacle or this fruition of like your mental understanding and your physical understanding of the game, they meet at this point where. It, they just click. And yeah. when you get on the field, you understand the game is almost second nature, but you still have these skills and you can still move fast enough uh-huh. because sometimes at 35, your mind says, run there. And then your body's like,
0: ah. oh,
1: that's my Sunday morning game. <laughs> yeah, Foot, yeah.
0: do this. Right. No, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think so.
1: But at like around this age, they say, it's, but I think that's the reason why is because you have those sort of yeah. those connections and that like compound of mental physical it's 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 perfect right now it's in the moment so that would be i i think i'm in a great place as a person as a player right now where it's i'm, I'm i feel like i'm in that flow state a lot of the times yeah. and if, if at the end of the day this season ended and that was it for me i'd be like man i still yeah i still had so much to give i think
0: well i mean, um, judging from the energy you're putting out on the field it doesn't look like your your batteries are running out yeah soon. right
1: i hope not i hope not <laughs> knock so, on
0: wood no injury
1: yeah that yeah kind of totally stuff, but
0: Uh, For a lot of people, the concerns that they have around work are very uh, uh, real daily concerns. Money, family, Mm -hmm. location... Um, I'm interested in, in switching gears a little bit to talk about the life of a professional athlete. Okay. Um, you have now, uh, forget about college, you lived in Chicago, Philadelphia, Wilmington, mm-hmm. now Cincinnati. You get a great thing here with a team that's developing, uh, continuing to develop, and seems to have no future to wow. that. So there's no reason to believe. Yeah that you would be going anywhere anytime soon, but you've put down roots here. Mm-hmm. You've been here since 2016. Yes. Uh, you have a baby. You got married. Mm-hmm. You bought a house yeah, just yeah. recently. <laughs> yeah. Like this is real life I mean, this is stuff. It. <laughs> How do you think about those those concerns of like, we talked about career longevity, mm-hmm. but um, you also have to be aware of the fact that all those things that we talked about that you can't control, Yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. I mean Carl Lindner changes his mind tomorrow or something like that and yeah, it's like it's true. What happens? Well, yeah, I mean even that
1: or I, I think the biggest and we're talking about the differences in the workplace with maybe soccer or or what have you any other job really is is you know the the ability of of the trade. Mm-hmm. I mean you can get traded and have it. I mean you can get traded in the morning they say hey listen we traded you to Find out on Twitter that you're moving yeah, to Philadelphia. Exactly. And you're like, Well, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna pack my stuff in this van and <laughs> Right. <laughs> so then it,
0: Do you and your it, wife have you had conversations about that? Like we what? have,
1: and they're very real conversations. Yeah. Uh, you know, she is a very successful tattoo artist in the city. Mm-hmm. And she's from here, she grew up here, so her clientele is is based here and she does really, really well. And she does amazing work. Uh, if you uh, oh, want we'll a link to her artist, Instagram yeah, account. Yeah. So she has a ton of awesome clients and uh, and that's because it's in Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh You know, she hasn't even been tattooing for that long, and um, she's become um, a great tattoo artist. And their shop is amazing. She's had great mentors um, in that shop, and uh, so you know that's something you have to think about: is is moving. You know, if she moves, she's not going to have the same clientele elsewhere. So those life stages become. You know, or do I move myself? Do I go alone? And then do I? So those are very hard questions, but real questions to ask. Um, And so you know, I used to have. When I when I played for a long time, um, I was single a lot of that throughout that because because of that not fear but because of that realization yeah. that this could, I could be in a new city tomorrow, yep. and so my kind of like end game and and this goes back into the time where I was thinking man like maybe should I should I keep playing should I stop or whatever but I always had this idea in my head that at the end of this career I would I would be okay because I could go figure it out somewhere I'm gonna go to like you know wherever you know, cause I, I'm a big fan of like Jack Kerouac and on the road. Yeah. This, this, so he just kind of like sling your bag over yeah, your shoulder yeah, yeah. and I'm going go to go figure this day. out, man.
0: Yeah. So that's I, uh, a lot more difficult. Yeah, you got a little exactly. One so
1: life changes. So now, and, and which I'm so happy about cause I have this beautiful boy and a beautiful wife and my family's amazing, but my circumstances have changed a little bit. So now I have to figure it out a little bit different way, but yeah. that's life. That's, yeah. that's what happens. And so, um, yeah, that, that part of, that part of the game is, is, uh, is crazy. Mm -hmm. But, but it's, you know, it's, it's worth it.
0: I I was thinking, um, I don't know the U S the tiers of the U S soccer, uh, structure are changing a little bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like people know generally what MLS is. People have not known what USL is unless they lived in a city that had a USL team. Cincinnati has changed that the USL is growing. There's a lot of people, a lot of guys that I play soccer with on Sunday morning are like, don't want. FC Cincinnati to go to the MLS because they actually think that the level of play in the USL is as good yeah. or better these days.
1: The USL is a great league. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of the guys that are similar to me where, and like I said earlier, the, the soccer community is very small. So a lot of the guys that like have got drafted or around me are the same year, they're in the USL. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's funny to me because it's almost become this like MLS reject league. Yeah. But we're still really good players, right? <laughs> so it's like maybe you didn't get a chance here, or maybe the coach didn't like you, or it didn't work out at this team because, and like we talked about earlier, there's so many variables that you can't control in that in that yeah. um, system, where you end up on a team in the USL because something happened and now you're here and the coach liked you and blah blah blah. Yeah, but. The, 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 at the rate the USL is growing is incredible, and, right. and I'm so happy for soccer and uh in the US because it is getting so big it's and it's, finally it's, growing. It's amazing to watch, honestly. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So, I mean, the the players the players in the USL the quality is is high. Yeah, I, I mean, it really honestly, and 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 even from when I played with the Wilmington Hammerheads in the USL, at the rate it that was four years ago right now it's completely uh,
0: dramatic well I mean as played off by the fact that you guys beat uh Chicago last year in the US Open Cup playoffs you beat uh I'm blanking who else did you Uh, beat you we
1: beat the crew yep Columbus we beat the fire and then we should have beat the Red Bulls but (laughs) right (laughs) blew that one
0: yeah I mean you know the the quality that you guys are bringing oh yeah the place that I was going with that is you think about um I don't know if USL is considered the way that it was even four years ago as a Triple a league mm-hmm. to the big leagues. I think that's less true than it was. Yeah. But for the American sports consciousness of leagues that feed into whatever is considered the big leagues, right. I think about Bull Durham. Yeah. like you know it's the prototypical picture of the guys trying to make it to the show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, Number one, I guess, do you guys even think about it that way anymore? Or are you sort of cool with where it is? And then is the life is the difference? the same. I mean you get this idea of like the minor league ball players are traveling on the buses and everything sucks and they're staying in the motel and then they're making, you know, nothing every year trying to get to yeah. that. Do you guys think about it that way? Are you still um are you are your goals to make it still to the MLS? Are you thinking about things in a completely different way at um, this point?
1: Well to answer your last question first, personally, th- it was a personal goal of mine when when I left the MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point i was uh, you know i was still up, i was upset at what happened yeah. in my mls career yeah. so a personal goal was i'm going to make it back yeah. to the mls and so if that happens that that's going for me that'll be i will be really happy right on <laughs> because I, I set that goal a while back and i didn't know if i was going to be able to achieve it yeah. through all these kind of hoops and ladders and this roller coaster and the great thing is you're
0: on a train that appears to be going that direction right exactly yeah. so
1: now you know i i just have to continue and, and strive for that. And hopefully, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, but to, to answer your other questions, it's th- there's in, in every league, there's always going to be things, um, that aren't perfect. I yep. mean, even even like, I joke about it because even in the MLS, when I was playing in the MLS, you still get people like, "Oh man, this 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 is stupid, man." This, it's uh, still like, not the Premier certain, League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's certain certain things aren't up to standards, and maybe you're just complaining to complain. Yeah. But you know, the, it's it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're still going to so, play soccer. for Yeah, a exactly. And yeah. so I, I will say the one the one crazy thing for me about the USL is, and this is a testament to FC Cincinnati is, is when we go play on Saturdays and Nippert and there's 30,000 fans yeah. and then you go to Bethlehem and there's like 800. Right. And you're like, wow, I can't believe this is strange. I, this is, <laughs> it's
0: the same this league. I think yeah. about that. I watch you guys play teams when they come to Nipper, and I think it must be so hard for the teams that are playing in front of 800 yeah. or a 1,000 people well, every week.
1: The thing about the other side of it, though, is it, it is hard, but how how happy are they and how pumped are they to come play in front of 30,000 fans? They're going to play their, their right. best is, game of the year. Yeah, this totally. is their World Cup. You yep. know what I mean? They're coming to play in Nipper That's in true. front of 30,000. They're going to play their best game they can. So I, I argue, and we've talked about this, is like... Obviously the fan support is incredible and we use it to our advantage, but they they use it to their advantage yeah, too. That's you true. Know? They come in and, and they say, Man, this is unbelievable. I'm gonna run so fast out here. You know? I was watching the <laughs>
0: Pittsburgh fans when you guys <laughs> played a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. There were like twenty Pittsburgh fans over in the corner of the yeah. stadium just yeah. screaming their heads off. Yeah, it right. It was great.
1: Right, right. Yeah. But um but to answer your other question, I don't think we think of it like um USL versus some. I think right now especially where we are as a team, I think we're trying to figure out how to be the best team in the USL. Right on. Um, because, and, and I've learned this too, is that if you think about that ahead of you, a lot of times what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's for, for anything. Yep. So it, the best thing you can do is, is to achieve what you're trying to achieve in, in that moment or with that team mm-hmm. and everything else will fall into place. You know, so um, I think right now, you know, the USL is a hard league. Yeah, and um, for us to you know we're in a good run right now so you know I think for us to concentrate on the USL and try to be the best team we can this year because we have an incredible team yeah and uh, we can only get better and I think we're gonna as we do get better we're gonna surprise people and say wow this this team like you said could compete in the MLS yeah. or you know this the, the level here is just as high as the MLS you know we, we can we can do it so which you know for us to, to win and do those things that only helps our cause. Right.
0: Yeah, wow. they, I mean, I know that the team made a lot of changes in the offseason. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, what are we, four or five games into the season thus yeah, far? Five. Uh, yeah, five. We're talking in, in early May. Um, watching this team come together with all the new guys that you've got is going to be really fun Yeah, this season. I, I sit with a group of people that we've all had season tickets since the team started and okay. sort of like watching – You know who did they bring in? Who you you paying attention to? Right, right. Uh, Watching that team together is going to be a lot of fun. Last question for you because I think we got to let you get to. It's just about time, time for training. Uh, What are your What are your goals uh, right now for this season and for the future? What do you What do you have out there that you're looking for?
1: Uh, I I mentioned it before. My goal. this year it was definitely to, to be more present, to be in the mm-hmm. moment more, um, because there's so many things happening in my life now that I have to appreciate because they're going to go by. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even the seven month old, every day he changes. So I have to be there, you know, in the moment and not worry about other things. Um, and then for soccer wise, uh, long term is is um, to play at the highest level I can for, for as long as I can. Yep. Um, and, and that means taking care of my body. That means taking care of my mind. That means when I go on the field to make sure that I'm proud of each time I would put on the jersey or put on the practice uniform is, and, and, and to make it as hard as I can for anyone, for myself included, to, to stop playing this game. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, those, those are my long-term goals. And, and, and honestly, just to, to enjoy life. I think you know when, when, when I'm positive and enjoying life and, and, and a, in, in a mindset where um, – nothing can really you know I, i'm free of the fears of the world really mm-hmm. I, I enjoy life more and i and i do everything better i play soccer better I, yep. I i am just a better person so um yeah i think those are my kind of and you know, i i i want to be in the present moment and, and live my life kind of everywhere i am i want to be there fully
0: yeah really Good goals, so. good things to strive for, yes. no matter what we do. Of
1: course. Yeah. Corbin, thanks so much for taking oh, the time. Thank you.
0: It's been a, a real joy to talk to you and to get insight into what you're doing and how you're approaching it. Likewise. Thanks for spending yeah. an hour with us.
1: Of course. Thank you.
0: This episode of the Distiller Podcast was recorded live at Red Tree Art Gallery and Coffee Shop at 3210 Madison Road in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thanks again to FC Cincinnati's Corbin Bone for joining us on the show. Corbin's amazing season continues. The day after we spoke, he scored his fourth goal in four straight games as FC Cincinnati beat Atlanta 5-2, so we take a little credit for that good energy. You can learn more about Corbin and FC Cincinnati on our website. We link to their web and social media pages. And as promised, we also have Corbin's uh, inspirational reading list. Check it out. And you can even see some of his wife Annie's beautiful tattoo work as well. Find all of that plus links to Red Tree Gallery and Cafe at thedistillerpodcast.com. The Distiller is produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Brandon Dawson, with co-production and booking from Terry Heist. Our show is mixed and edited by Justin Golden. Photography is by Kyle Wolf. Our logo was designed by Scott Ryan. And our videos are by Mike Helm of Minute Moments Productions. You can find The Distiller on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, And tune in and you can also now find The Distiller on YouTube where we have closed caption versions of all of our audio podcasts for the hearing impaired. Please subscribe wherever you listen to be notified when new episodes are released. And if you like what you hear, please do rate or review The Distiller wherever you find us because that helps others to do so as well. Don't forget, you can download episodes. You can find more information, including links, photos of the guests, and a map of all the places we've recorded the show. And of course, get in touch with us at thedistillerpodcast.com or you can send us an email to mail at thedistillerpodcast.com. Whether you want to suggest people you think should be on the show to talk about their search for meaningful work, somewhere we should uh, record the show or something interesting we should drink while doing it and whether by email on the website or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram we'd love to hear from you so until next time thanks for listening bye bye